they faced incredible odds and unbeatable enemies to earn the name Hero. But now there's a new way to spell action. Jim Carrey is Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. He's the best there is. Excuse me, gentlemen. Pet Detective. Actually, he's the only one there is. You really love animals, don't you? If it gets cold enough. Now, the mascot of the Miami Dolphins has been kidnapped. Oh, righty then. And he's on the case of a lifetime. Listen, pet dick. How would you like me to make your life a living hell? Well, I'm not really ready for a relationship, Lois. There's no place he won't go. Captain's log, stardate 23.9. Ace, get out of the tank. I just can't do it, Captain. I didn't have the power. Nothing he won't do. And no one he can't handle. Hey, if you do anything to embarrass me in front of camp. What? Like this? <laughs> Oh. Hi, Captain Steubing. Because when this pet detective gets the scent... Where's Dan Marino? Hi, I'm Dan Marino. Marino, why? Because he's about to join Snowflake. He'll follow it... anywhere. Here's Snowflake. Jim Carrey is... Do not go in there. Woo! Ace Ventura, pet. And now, when did that come out? Part of the Real Change Movie Podcast. Thank you for hitting the download and welcome to another episode of When Did That Come Out? An ongoing two-man journey of covering an entire year of film and 12, 12 movies for every month of blah, 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 blah. I think they get the point. Right. They've seen the movie. I, my God, it's just, we got to work on that. Anyway, so we're live here. <laughs> we. We. You're in this too. You're in the boat. I'm in the boat. You're in the boat with me. We're going down. We're playing the violin. We're going down. Well, it's been a little bit of a hiatus uh, since we did the Clerks episode, unfortunately. We did that live also, like like in the same room together, didn't we? I think we? we did it in 1994. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so it's it, it's been a while, but uh, we're back. We're, we're covering February. I've got right? another kid. I, <laughs> I have a pending lawsuit. <laughs> you do? Anyway. So, <laughs> anyway, uh, February of 1994. It's, it's Ace Ventura Pet Detective. That's how to be interesting. Uh, let's see. So how would we start this off? Uh, Will, you said that uh, your father took you to see this movie? Yeah, he's dead, so I, thank you. Uh, I'm just, no, it's, 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 it's cool. <laughs> Ace Ventura is a, like, this weird special place like in my heart just because it's it was the last movie my dad took me to um, before he passed later on that year. But what's, what's and what I was thinking about it just today, I was like, you know, like when the lady clearly just goes down on him, like early oh, on in the movie. Man. My dad didn't has did not even like like try to like he just like it just happens. I, I'm fortunate because like they didn't my parents for the most part did not care about 
like what we saw in oh, movies. Wow. If we saw an R-rated movie, like with them, most uh, probably we would see it with them. It's cool. Like Die Hard Two, I have great memories of Die Hard Two because I remember when he rented it. And I was like, I hadn't seen Die Hard, so I this was Die Hard Two is your first, yeah. And I was like, and again, like when you're younger, these all these movies feel like they're three they're hours. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like this is incredible. And I mean, it's violent as crap. A dude gets his finger bitten off. Uh, Dire 2 also has the highest death count. <laughs> if, if you include the plane. <laughs> it's like over it's like over four or five hundred people bite the dust and die hard too. So that's like that that's why like Ace Ventura is always like, oh okay, like it it it's it's a fond memory scene. I'll t- just real quick, my sister was here uh last year. Mm-hmm. Um and it was on TV. We actually it was and it was one of those things where a uh, channel played it and then was immediately gonna play it again for whatever reason. I and see we, that sometimes. And we watched it. You did? Back, you know, two oh, sure. Times, just kept going with it. So but it's very rewatchable. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned the, the going down scene. Uh, I didn't know what that was for years. Me neither. See, like, I had no clue. And it's funny, uh, that movie censorship website, you know, the one where the, like, the parents are there oh, telling you? I love it. They, they, a lot of them loud that scene out. <laughs> and they're like, this is horrible. <laughs> yeah, what a wife you probably are, you know? And <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> See that pending lawsuit. <laughs> Uh, my dad took me to see this. I remember I did not know who Jim Carrey was. Um, I think a lot of people my age didn't. He knew who he was. Uh, I remember my dad was not a big fan of his. Um, I remember he was very annoyed by Fireman Fred, characters like that. It's, was it Fireman Fred? Yeah. It's Fire Marshal Bill. Who's Fireman Fred? I don't know. <laughs> this is like my sixth beer. I, I don't know. <laughs> Fireman Fred? Fire Marshal Bill. Yeah. Yeah. That character. Played by James Carey. <laughs> one R. Right. <laughs> on some other show. Well, he used to go by James Carey. With one R. With, oh, oh well, that's not the same, though. There was a, that's actually a hockey joke. There was a goaltender named Jim Carey. With one R. And they used to put the mask. They would bring the mask to you. <laughs> it was cool. Okay. But um, this is really like the start. Like Jim Carey dominated a lot of our childhoods for a long time. Well, what felt like a long time because we were kids, but mm-hmm. he was the biggest movie star on the planet. Absolutely. And it, and it all really comes from this year. He has a trilogy of movies that come out <laughs> in the beginning, the middle, and the end of the year with, what is it? Uh, Ace Ventura, The Mask, and then he ends it with Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, uh, it's right. It's crazy. The Mask is at the end of July. It's right. It's July 29th. It's right, crazy, like, because how does he already get a summer movie? Right, and it's and, a comic book movie, and, and I'm not sure, like, it's really, I, and I'm trying to think, like, how defined summer was in terms of like '94, you know, and what I mean, but what I mean is like how defined summer is in terms of like distributors, like, okay, we want to put a movie out here or here because oh. August now, and this isn't even the case anymore. August used to be kind of a uncertain. August, I always looked at August as the end because like. Here's an example I'm using with the uncertain thing is like more recently is with Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. They popped it out in August. It's like, we don't know how oh. people are going to take this thing. So we're going to put it out in August because hopefully there's not going to be too much competition and it can, it can blossom and do its thing. And I feel like the mask was sort of the same thing. It's like, well, this Carrie guy is kind of hot, but let's oh, see what happens with it. That movie, jeez, I was just looking at the number of, um, uh, the number of, uh, or the box office on that. For the mask? Yeah, it's, it was big. It's incredible. Like, it really is, like, it, it's a testament to how successful this movie is. It's kind of interesting, too, because uh, The Mask, I mean, it's basically a live-action cartoon. And it's not 
And so the special effects are wild, even for the time. And it didn't really have to be as wild as it was, because Jim Carrey already was a live-action cartoon. Yeah. You know, that was his real appeal. Uh, I remember a lot of people saying that, like, he was the closest thing that we had to what would basically amount to a, a Charlie Chaplin at the time. Uh, yeah. he, he was that, because he could, I remember someone saying that Jim Carrey could have, like, thrived in the black and white era. Or, sorry, not in the black and white era, but the silent so, film yeah, era. Yeah, okay. yeah like, like he, did, he didn't need the dialogue. Granted, the dialogue in this movie is quite fun. Um, it's, it's got an amazing supporting cast. You know, he was smart to surround himself with, with some pretty established talent. Yeah. This is like the last thing Sean Young really did, as I recall. Yeah, this is kind of the tail end for her, because, uh, I mean, I guess, I, I, I mean, we can almost be certain that the Batman Returns thing kind of... Probably had something to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. And Courtney Cox, the guy that plays Roger Protector, you got even Tone Loke in it. It's Courtney Cox, <laughs> like, right as Friends is started. Right. So, like, her this star is power is about to Courtney really... Cox. Yeah, and a lot of times with these kinds of star vehicles, the story isn't much to to care about or, or really to get invested in. I was always a fan of this story. This is I'd a noir. very interesting idea. It's a noir. Yeah, like that's what's so cool about it because you're you're the best noir stories are always ones that start off with okay, this is the case, mm-hmm. but it and it's usually something very benign, like oh my husband's cheating on me or my spouse is cheating on me or it's something just like okay, very rudimentary, like I just got to go get some photos to prove it, blah blah blah. But then it usually spirals into something else. Right. And this movie does that. It, it definitely, it's not just about, it, it starts off with the dolphin. Right. But then it becomes murder. And then it becomes uh, the crime game. Kidnapping, <laughs> abduction. And it's like, oh, wow. It goes all over the place. And, and it's funny, it's like, if you don't say what the title of the movie is, like, that could be a lot of, like, noir movies. Mm-hmm. We've seen that same type of thing. That's what's really, that's what I really love about this movie is that it, it is fairly grounded. Right. In, all the other characters are playing it serious. Yeah. Like, the, it all seems like they're in a serious movie, and then there's just Jim Carrey. Uh, one thing I really like about the, the, really the series, and how I think this could have gone on, I think it has a little bit in common with Indiana Jones, in that there's a MacGuffin. You know, it's like there's something that he has to do, or something that he has to get. You know, the, the first one, of course, being Snowflake, the dolphin, the second one's the bat. But it's always like there, there is a plot device that, that he has to attain. There's a sprinkle of James Bond where it's like the, the beginning, it's the, the bird. Well, the, well, that actually goes through the whole movie. And, and then like it, 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 it comes kinda, together yeah. right at the end. Yeah, because yeah. he's trying to get this bird that's worth like 25 grand or whatever. Uh, it's, and it's such a, a wild concept uh, for a movie, at least for a character, mm-hmm. I think. Um, so the the crying game aspect of it like did you understand this as a kid no and it's one of the things that i've i've just was reading like cuz i was i'm curious with a lot of these movies we do like like what are some what are some pieces that are written about now obviously with some of the more serious movies like there's some really developed pieces that are really interesting in breaking it down this movie is not very popular in terms of the transgender aspect oh, of, of it cuz i think it fits into this it fits into the crying game like there's this um it wasn't necessarily an essay, but it was a discussion about how Ace Ventura and the, and the Crying Game play up this concept of transgender people being nuts or crazy or violent. And it's um, like, whoa, that's, I mean, like, yeah. I, I mean, I get it, but like, when you look at the whole thing with the transgender thing in this, like, it, it was like a way out for this person. Like, it wasn't mm-hmm. like how, and I mean, maybe that's our development. Like, we think of now with transgender, well, like, it's this life choice based on 
Yeah. I'm not comfortable in my body. Right. Ray Finkel was just actually insane. And yeah. he, this was he, part of his revenge idea. Right. <laughs> but this confused me so bad as a kid. Oh, I didn't yeah. know if Sean Young was a man. So like, <laughs> I'll tell you the confusion. It, it, it truly was like when he figures it out, I was like, I haven't figured it out. And usually right. as the audience member, like you're kind of like, oh, I remember being as a kid like, what? Something's missing. Like I didn't get for a while like the dog laying on it made it look like I didn't understand that. I still don't think that hair. works. With the dog laying on it's a reach. It doesn't look it's, like Sean Young. Because that's the thing too. I use with with well, Blu ray it looks like her. It's the it's the hair it's the hair look like it's a woman. And that's what Oh that's, is that what it's supposed to be? That's what it is. Oh I oh it's not that it Because it, I think it would work a lot better for me if they actually had Sean Young dressed up like a man. Like in those pictures looking like Ray Finkel. And also this movie ties into like private detectives are really quirky eccentric people which is another subgenre of the subgenre of the subgenre of noir right. where they always have to have this weird thing like pink, pink panther mm -hmm. is what i always you know the easy one to go to mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um jim carrey so he does this movie and 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 i i remember this movie was huge at least among us like i, I don't i don't think the box office like was like a fire i want to say it did like maybe 80 million it's just under it's 72 is a lifetime on that Right. And that's what's amazing, the mask. And it's like, and granted, it's in 17, around 1,700 theaters. It does 72. The mask is at 119 and at 2,300. Oh, it's much bigger. Yeah. So, but, yeah. It, but the thing is, like, all, like, a lot of that money from the mask is, it should it's go to Ace Ventura. Ace Ventura. And, and, and as I recall, I think Ace Ventura 2 actually did go over 100 million, uh, as did Dumb and Dumber. Because um, Jim Carrey, yeah, it does, it's not really talked about much anymore. He was the first actor to get twenty million a film. Yeah, I remember that. They made a huge deal about that. Another one I remember making a big deal about that was Harrison Ford. I <laughs> think like he was pissed about that apparently, and uh, which okay, it was that's a Reader's Digest article I remember reading as a kid. But you know that's a whole other thing. <laughs> I don't remember saying that. I didn't say it. <laughs> no, you better get an attorney. <laughs> but um, no, Jim Carrey. I mean, he was a staple. I remember from there on out. Uh, it was really popular with kids. And the thing that his movies also did was, you know, they were, I mean, The Mask, Dumb and Dumber, Ace Ventura, like, they were kind of geared towards kids, but, I mean, they were more for adults. Mm -hmm. But they turned all three of these movies, I remember, into cartoons. Every single one got a cartoon adaptation. And Jim Carrey, who I always remember reading, was notoriously anti-sequel. He was forced to do the sequel to this. Like it was in his contract, but he was only forced to do one, and that's and, and up until I believe uh, Dumb and Dumber, you know, he never did another one after that. But uh, yeah, he was a hell of a performer for a period of time. We were talking about it off air. His run, his original comedy run, which probably goes three or four years in film, but cranking out movie after movie after movie. And this is another one that I, I hear sometimes get brought up for um, a return, like another not not a remake, but. Like, oh, wouldn't it be interesting if Jim Carrey were to do this again? It's like, I don't think he can. I would never want to see that. I wouldn't either. I, do you, you want to see him with his hair? Like, I mean, like, the thing is, like, it's rewatchable, but, like, there's, you can't really get into, like, a, like, I don't think there's a fantastic Ace Ventura discussion that's out there that everyone really, and it's no. ironic because we're doing one We're right doing now. one. But you know but, what I mean? But like, no, I'll be honest, like, it's a fun movie. Uh, it is hard to talk about. Like, you, you, I can't go into this movie and like looking for deep themes. But like, the, the nicest film compliment I can give it is that I love the story. 
This could have worked in a serious oh, yeah. film noir type movie. And it's the only time the Dolphins have won the Super Bowl right? since uh, Dan, with Dan Marino. Oh, man, that, that hurts. Uh, but Which, by the way, do you think they win that game? Like, it's not really... First of all, okay, you just gave me a good talking point. That game doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so Dan Marino gets kidnapped at, at what I'm assuming is 2 p.m. He's gone for, like, half the game. He comes back, re-enters the game in the second half, and the sun's still out. Okay. I don't understand. You can't explain that. You can't because here's how you can explain it. A lot of those games, there's been a lot of Super Bowls that played on the West Coast. Okay. Oh, oh, oh. Super Bowl, like a lot of times, Eastern time is like a I just assumed it was in Miami because no. of Snowflake. I know. That's because that, they, they have Snowflake and, in the stadium. And that's and and that is and that may be like what they were actually doing in the movie. Like and that may be like in the context of the Ace Ventura story that they were playing the Super Bowl in Miami, which is entirely possible because Miami hosted the, the Super Bowl that took place in 1995. They mm-hmm. actually hosted it, so it actually timed out fairly well. But most of the time, I mean, well, um, in terms of the daytime thing, like it's in, it is possible. Right. It's just the Snowflake thing, because Snowflake is, is their mascot, and they keep him in that tank. Yeah. You know, it's like they don't ship Snowflake around the state. To, like, there's no way that, that that dolphin goes with them to every single game. No, I, I could see, like, again, like, but this is also like '94, so like, would it be like the Super Bowl is obviously a huge event where like it's a bunch of pomp and circumstance oh, yeah. and all this, you know, all this stuff going on. It's it's possible. I would say more so nowadays that you would have if you had something like a snowflake, it would be at a game. I'm not sure if they would have pulled it off in '94 because it's a ton of money it's a to have money. to do it. I mean, and here's another here's another wrinkle to it necessarily, even though like I agree with you. Like most of the time, the Super Bowl starts around like six thirty. Yeah, that's a, usually when it kickoffs like six fifteen, so, something like that. And we're talking like in Jan. At this point, it would have been January because they never they hadn't played right. February until the two thousands. Um, it, it most likely would have been dark outside like, on the East Coast. If I'm not. Wondering. It's not impossible for a team to, like wherever the Super Bowl is being hosted that the home team is there. It almost happened last year with the it's Vikings. Just, this happens quite quick. I yeah, know. it's because you got. Oh two, yeah, dude. From the, the from you the, would be with the police for a while. Like you're not even getting to the game, period. Right, you're not. Getting, it's not. It's not that important. No, no, there's no way. Uh, I do love. This was my introduction to Dan Marino, and I, I actually really like him in this movie yeah. with him making fun of himself. I think he's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, in that little scene. Um, but like you said a little bit earlier, it, you do struggle to even to talk about, like really go into what this movie is because uh, there's not a lot to it. It is. It is the perfect definition, I think, of a starring vehicle. You know, it's like, this is just for this one guy. This is the trailer of his career. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, it sells him. Yeah, it sells him role. so well. <laughs> like, because this movie is a great collection of bits, also. Like, there's so many memorable little things that he throws in. Like, the screen door yeah. thing is, is hilarious. And because he turns out he's actually really smart. Yeah. You know, and there's actually, I think, a line in the movie about how, why didn't you just go into real police work? You know, you're a lot better than I don't do humans. I don't, That's his only I don't do humans. Yeah, I don't like money either. I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, it's I like I said, my dad took me to see this. I think twice actually. Uh, this was in the theater. Jurassic Park was still in the theater. I remember when uh, when this was out, and I, I remember going to see both of those in the same day, and just absolutely falling, you know, for for Jim Carrey and that type of humor and just that kind of outlandish uh, character. And it was a blast. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, I don't, I can't, it's hard to remember, like, 
what was being marketed towards kids heading into their teenage year or like preteens, like your 10, 11, 12. At the time? Yeah. See, I remember. I'm trying to remember like what was like this and there wasn't. Well, I remember Jim Carrey. It seemed like he took the, he took the, the concept. This is going to sound ridiculous, but I, I've actually heard people say this and I've thought about it and I kind of agree with it in a way. I think he took the, he basically took the earnest audience and, and widened it. Made it bigger because once Jim Carrey took off, those Ernest movies tanked. Like they they disappeared pretty much, and and Jim Carrey became that new type of rubber faced comedian, yeah. and could do these different types of roles simply because those movies made so much money, you know, compared to their budget. Yeah, I mean, Jim Carrey was the box office king for so long, at least it seemed long until he decided to he had to play the sad clown role where you know every every comedian. Has to get have make a serious movie or twelve, yeah, and just that's just not the Jim Carrey I like. But like this guy, the guy from ninety four to about ninety seven, was just the best. Yeah, even making a mediocre film like Batman and Robin enjoyable with his performance. Yeah. So, any final thoughts on uh, Ace Ventura? I I think all right. This is what we want to ask. I want to see like because you know I know you're not huge sports, but you're enough sports where you like if you someone brings up iconic things like you, I can talk about it. Yeah. All right. You have Jim Carrey, you have Adam Sandler, and you have Robin Williams. Which one of those is Michael Jordan? Which one is the Dallas Cowboys? And which one is um, the Atlanta Braves? And there's a reason why I picked. Why well, Braves? What? All right. So I know you love baseball. I do. So how many? Like how awesome were the Braves in the nineties? Ninety-five, uh, the best baseball team. You get beyond that though. How awesome were they in the nineties? Well, how many World Series did they win? Two or three? They only won one. They yeah. were they appeared in ninety five. Uh well in ninety one, the one with the twins. They lost then, they lost that one. And then they also uh well they I know they 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 played they the Yankees. The, they, that was the one they, they lost. lost to the Yankees. They beat the Indians. They lost the Yankees twice. Yeah. They played two against the Yankees and lost two of them. And so So they were in four times. And they only got one. Where I'm getting at is they won their division by like July. Every season, but they never ever like they never had the dynasty that everyone thought they should have had. That's true. Okay, and so I picked the Cowboys because the Cowboys were the like talking about the most popular football team. They win three out of the Super Bowl three out of four years. They are a monster. Yeah. And then they like it's really not long after they win that third one that they kind of hit the brick wall and they've never been back since really to the point where they're contending for the Super Bowl. And then finally, it's Michael Jordan, the greatest of all time. Like like. Pretty much in, in, in the 90s, he won six championships. But granted, takes time off to go do other things, but then also you know, oh. retires and then comes back. I see what you're saying. Um, which one is Are you which? picking those three actors because those, of their hits? Well, it's, they're, they're probably like arguably like, like they're in the discussion for like the top five, the three of the top five comedic actors of the 90s. Of the 90s. Williams is 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 no is no no. I put Williams in there. I, I, sure. I would. Yeah. So he was a box office not the top guy. Three, I'd say they're three of the top five. Well, then I guess that would have to be. Uh, I'd have to put Adam Sandler with the Braves, and Jim Carrey. I'd have to put with the Cowboys, and Robin Williams with Michael Jordan. Jim Carrey with the Cowboys because Jim, like I said, Jim Carrey had a run there where he couldn't be stopped. Yeah. Not even the Cable Guy, which confused everyone, which had middling box office. Not even that movie could stop it because right after that he did Liar Liar. And that yeah. movie was huge. It was. It's huge. Adam Sandler, you know, people forget, but he was loved. 
he was loved there for from about Billy Madison to I want to say Big Daddy. Mm-hmm. Like like he, like people loved those movies on on like a, a stupid kind of level, but but like there's like there's something to these movies that's really really sweet. But Robin Williams like because I would give it to him because I think he has the most longevity with his movies, and, and it's not so much because of his talent. I think the movies that he did age better. Uh, you know, as as great as you think, Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> when you look at, I'm just kidding. Well, I'm kidding in terms of when you look at it from afar. Like this guy's insane. He oh, he's insane. Like this is your one idea. But here's the thing, though. It's done in such an earnest way uh, that you can kind of overlook it. Like I, I, I watched this. Uh, like this is a great example. I watched this video on um, Die Hard. You forget how many people die in that movie and just how destructive and and just awful. Like the casualty level is with Die Hard, yet it ends on such the happiest note. Like you know, John McClane always. Uh, John McClane has so much glass in his foot, he should be going to the hospital. But he gets in the limo with Holly and goes home. <laughs> I've always wondered, like, about their relationship, like, and if it was like in reality, like, oh yeah, like that time we were in the building, or that time we were at the airport, or that time you know I tried to call you and the guy had blown up the. I thought he had you know sunk all this money and turned out he actually like. These are conversations that are uh, that have to happen at some a, point, you know, and especially have children, right? Like, like it, it's insane, right? <laughs> what so, happens to John McClane? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, the, the, that's my point. Because uh, if you look at what happens, especially Die Hard Two, it's like, man, he literally just blew up a plane filled with innocent bystanders, and oh, the weather outside Merry is frightful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like. My God, it's just because of the way that the movie is, you know, the tone of it, the way it's edited. But he got out of that parking ticket. He did get out of the, <laughs> get this in front of my airport, and I think that's why like something like Mrs. Doubtfire that could have easily like I, if you've if you've never seen it, it's on YouTube. It's a recut Mrs. Doubtfire trailer as a horror movie. It absolutely works because I mean it is a very strange idea, and it was actually mimicked so many times afterward. Never quite reached that level. But when I think about like the movies of his that aged well, like between that like. He diversified himself, I think, a lot better than Jim Carrey did, like with uh, Awakenings or Good Morning Vietnam, Dead Poets Society. He balanced out the drama and the comedy really well for a while, mm-hmm. you know. Then he won the Oscar, and then he just kind of just forgot what to do, you know. I mean, he, for every one-hour photo or um, what's that other one we like? Oh, Insomnia. Insomnia. Yeah. For every one of those, I mean, you're going to get Final Cut, right? you know, or... Uh, License to wed for him trying to go back to comedy. Oh, like, man. like it just <laughs> that's right, folks. I'm doing this now. You know, he, for the for the longest time he he could do it. Jim Carrey, I think he only balanced comedy and drama really well for about about four years. <laughs> yeah, before it was like, dude, I don't think you know what you're doing. Adam Sandler doing the dra- dramatic movies. He only did like three or four, but they were pretty good. Yeah. But but. He didn't make it the part of his career. Like, I actually think Jim Carrey, in a way, create, uh, committed career suicide by doing too many of these awful drama movies that when he'd go back to a comedy, he'd be like, really, you want to do a movie like Yes Man now? It's like that. It's too late. Yeah, no, like, you're right. It's, it's gone. And, but Robin Williams, I mean, if you threw him into a comedy role, he could usually do something with it. He's the best part of those Night at the Museum movies, and those movies are terrible. But he's great in it, right? And uh, his his little cameo in what is it, nine months? 
He's even good in that. Yeah. So yeah, I would give Robin Williams the Michael Jordan. You role. think he's Jordan? I see. All right, so you disagree? No, I see. I think like it's all about perspective. Like if you take on the perspective of just comedy, like they're just strictly their their comedic movies, then it's like okay. See, I think there's an argument for Carrie to be Jordan only because he got to twenty million dollars a movie. That is unbelievable. A comedic actor. Oh, I know. That is unreal. And look at the movies that he did it with. Yeah. He only did it with the 94 like, movies, Batman Forever and Ace Ventura 2. Those are the movies that got him the $20 million. The, the reason, though, I think like he has to be the Braves is because... Um, you think Carrie's the Braves? I kind of, well, the reason I kind of think about it is because he always wanted... He, want, like, he loved the comedies, but... What was really what he was tracking for was to get that critical Of course. And Sandler did this too, but he didn't do it for long. Sandler realized he wasn't going to yeah, get I it. I mean, like in the 90s. And, and he walked away. Sandler in the 90s. I mean, like, you got Coneheads. Not really. I'm kind of, let's start with Airheads. 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 Billy Madison. Happy Gilmore. Yeah, Bulletproof was not, you know, he tried to do an action movie. Right on. The Wedding Singer. Dirty Work. Waterboy, Big Daddy, and then Little Nicky starts the two. That guys. starts the. He really era. doesn't try the drama stuff. What I love is that he sticks to his. Right. Billy his Madison, guys. I remember they were marketing it as this is the more adult, grown up Adam Sandler movie. I remember that was a big selling point of the movie. It's like, oh, you get to see me like be a dad. Yeah. You know, it's like Adam Sandler's getting older. And, it's, and then you see the movie, and it's like, and he rips a page right out of Robin Williams' movies. It's, we got to have a heart wrenching courtroom scene. Just, oh, n- that- no, we don't. I know we don't. Big Daddy is a big pile It's of not as bad as the majestic courtroom scene. That no, that's pretty so bad. bad. That's pretty bad. But man, like, so the thing about Jordan is, yeah, he wins six titles in the NBA, but then he goes up to try and play baseball. Misery. Well, that's like Jim Carrey. And Look then at- he tries to make a comeback in the NBA after he's retired, and it's never he's the same. okay. He scores, he's averaging like, what, like 26 I see what you're doing. Whatever. So, like, I see what it's you're doing. possible that you can that's argue. Not bad. You can argue Jim Carrey for just because he tried. He tries Cable Guy. It's aged better. It like, has. It's aged really but, well. But it was a miss at the time. Well, because it was mismarketed. Right. True. And like in with Truman Show, like that was that was his best shot. If he was gonna get it, it was gonna. It wasn't for Man on the Moon because I don't think Man on the Moon was as appealing generally as Tr- Not Truman. Not Truman Show. Truman Show is about a, a universal yeah. concept. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And it's the best. Like, well, I don't know. Milos Forman is. Pretty incredible. We were talking about that off air. Mm-hmm. Peter but here's the, here's, saying, here's but the thing about Truman Show, though. Who gets the Oscar nomination for Truman Show? Ed Harris. Probably. He, no, he got it. Jim Carrey did not. Jim I mean, Carrey, I, what I'm saying is that he does. He would be the one. Does he definitely deserved it? But without way. Jim Carrey, the movie doesn't work. Right. Right. You know, right. His, his performance is so good in the movie, and, and he starts when he starts interjecting that madcapness in his real com- comedic persona and gearing it towards a dramatic scene. Like that scene where they're driving and he, and he just starts going somewhere he's not supposed to be going. And it's like, you're not following the script. Right. You know, it was kind of like a different way of telling the Groundhog Day story in a way. Yeah. It's just like, you know what? I'm going to do my own thing. You know, and he, he got Golden Globe after Golden Globe nomination. He won two in a row and he just could not. He's never been nominated for an Oscar. Right. Not once. And I, granted, I think that's crazy. Yeah. But. He made this, I'm convinced, he knows it, he's never admitted it, but he made it a part of his career. I'm going to get an Oscar. Yeah. And no, you're not. Like, yeah. you don't need it. You're already the most popular film right. star, probably of the 90s. He right. probably is. And 
He's never been able to get it back. Like Dumb and Dumber 2, it was like, yes, no, there's something missing. He's not. He, he's still funny, but he's not the same funny. Something's changed. Right. And, right. You, and it's one of those intangibles. You can't put your finger on what it is. And it's why I don't think an Ace Ventura 3 would work. Yeah, I think, yeah. I, but Happy Gilmore 2, I've always wanted it. I have. Why? Why not? But, but what is, what's the tell? What's, what do you mean? What's left to tell? What are they, he's a golfing like machine? He's winning. He could be training time. some new guy. I mean, oh, you can always no. go that route. Hey, I'm, what? I'm getting tired of these movies. Like Top Gun. See, well, if you could do a sequel to Top Gun with, which, with, with the son of Goose who looks more like Maverick than Goose. <laughs> I know. That's, I mean, that's it's why so I like. It's so dumb. I, I mean, it's the easiest one they could go to, but it's like, I don't want to see, like, whenever they do this where we're going to update a movie we're going to bring a movie back from... Don't you, but I think the idea of an older Happy Gilmore is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do. I like that idea. Do you still see Chubbs up in He'd heaven? be even angrier. And, and what if he lost his swing? Like, he couldn't do the swing? He becomes Shooter McGavin. Him and Shooter McGavin... Shooter has to train him like what Rocky Three. Oh, my God! <laughs> like, Shooter's waiting for him in the in the gym. <laughs> you got to get that eye of the tiger. Oh, he's waiting for him in the links. Nobody's <laughs> out there. And... No, no. It's, that's it's, not on the ninth, it's on the ninth, ninth three and ninth hole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This is a great movie. I've always wanted... I've always thought that you could sequelize that movie. And, like, they, they do, like, a retirement tour or something. Retirement? I, I, <laughs> yeah. They could, they could... I think they could very easily do this. Granted, would it be as good and, and magical as as the first? We're talking about Happy Gilmore, but um, that, I just think that's. What I, think he's I think he's. I think I think it's fascinating. This is my point. I think it's fascinating that Adam Sandler has never made a sequel to one of his classic movies, like Grown Ups Two. Okay, wow. no one likes Grown Ups, but sure, you know, have fun. Hotel Transylvania Eight. Oh, his his two thousands. Like, like it. It really is like this would. Be I like, like half of them. <laughs> I mean, it, and it's funny. Like, I think he is the Cowboys, and it fits the Cowboys. So the Cowboys in the 2000s are an incredible, like, incredible fall from it's grace. It's wild. I, I think Adam Sandler cares a lot more about his movies than people like to admit. Yeah. I honestly think, like, Grown Ups, yeah, that movie was terrible. I'll make a sequel to it. Uh, Grown Ups, or uh, Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, no, I could never make a sequel to those because those ones are actually good. I'm willing to bet that might be part of it. I'm sure he's been offered a, a sequel to one of those two. Billy Madison goes to night school. I mean, you can... You... No, no, Billy Madison's a teacher. Billy Madison's a teacher. A teacher in night school. Wait, that movie's coming out. Night school. <laughs> night school is, is coming out. Um, anyway, no, I think but... Sandler... Sandler I, I, I said Sandler's the Cowboys. I would give... I would give Carrie Jordan just because I think, like, he... As, as far as comedy goes, like, he was untouchable and comedic roles in the 90s and then he tries to do these other things his sad clown movie and it just doesn't necessarily fly robin williams tried the sad clown and it worked yes because i think robin it's not not to put jim carrey down but when you're so good yeah, no that fucks my thing up. all right i'm messing my thing up though See, i'm working on it yeah when you're so good at a at a very specific genre it's hard not to think of you. No, man, you're. I, I, I'm gonna. Genre. I'm sticking with yours. It makes more sense. Like, I mean, there's, there's a, a lot of ways you can cut it, but it's got to be Robin Williams as Jordan, and that Jim Carrey is the, is the Braves, and I got to put Gilmore as the Cowboys. Is that yours? I have Sandler as the Braves. You have Sandler as the Braves. I have Sandler as the Braves. Okay. Because I think if he had matured his movies correctly, yeah, he could have been a comedic dynasty. 
I think The Wedding Singer was the right way to go. I think The Wedding Singer is one of his best movies. And it's like, okay. And then Big Daddy, granted, I'm not wild about it, but okay. Like he's, he's doing different kinds of things. And then it goes right back to let's just little do Nikki. The, Little <laughs> Nicky. Let's keep making the same kind of sophomoric BS type of movies that I made 20 years ago when it, when it didn't look pathetic. You know, it's it, it, like that's that's how it feels. You know, it's like he could have he could have like uh, aged his comedy better to suit his audience. Yeah. But no one wants to see a 50 or a 55 year old guy act like a buffoon. Just wait till Thanksgiving. <laughs> that's when you'll see it. Oh, dear. <laughs> but no, like that, that's my point with Jim Carrey. It's like, oh, Dumb and Dumber, too. I've always wanted this. Please, let's have it. And then we get it. And it's like this. This is kind of sad. You know, it's like the movie's okay, yeah. but when you steal a joke from Ready to Rumble, which stole a joke from another movie, I think, what was it, Mallrats? I can't remember. Uh, that's really sad. Yeah. Especially when you consider that the first Dumb and Dumber was really influential to a lot of comics at the time, and then the, and then the sequel's just ripping things off. You just don't want to see this kind of stuff. You know, it's like seeing old action heroes. Right. You know, it's the same kind of thing. But um, oh, there was one last point I was going to make on Jim Carrey. God, oh. can't think of it. Um, well, if you had to rate Ace Ventura. I mean, and honestly, taking my honest out with it, I think it's a solid six. Like, you give it a six? Yeah. Okay. It's, I mean, it's fun. It's a fun movie. But, like, it's, <laughs> it's largely just improvised imp- imp- it scenes in a lot of ways, which they nail. They absolutely kill it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like I'm like, there's, there's, this is a cotton candy. Like there's a, this is a fluff movie. Like there's not a lot, there's not a lot to it that you know you're gonna take away from other than you just had a good time. Mm-hmm. So, I would give it an eight. I'm, I'm a big fan of this movie. I come back to it quite a bit. Um, I think it, it goes above and beyond being a star vehicle and really becoming a movie that you don't forget. You don't forget this movie and. And some of its weird, dark undertones, like in Ray Finkel's uh, room. Yeah. You know, like, it's very quotable with the laces out stuff. And Jim Carrey, it's just, it's, I think it's just because it's so ingrained in, in my mind of as just a, a hallmark movie of its time. Um, and really one of the quintessential comedies of the year, if not of the decade. So, yeah, I, I'd stick with an eight on that. Cool. Final words? That it? Oh no, that's it, man. Let's do it. All right. Anything else for it? This was yeah, good run time. So that was uh, Ace Ventura: Pet Detective from the month of February in 1994. Uh, join us for the next episode where we will be looking at March of 1994. Uh, we'll be doing our first sequel of this season. We are going to be looking at D2: The Mighty Ducks. Be sure to tune into that. In the meantime, check us out on Twitter at Real Change Pod. In the meantime. I am at CM underscore Stabs. I'm at William Rankin 83. And we will see you for the next episode of When Did That Come Out? March of 1994. D2, The Mighty Ducks.